This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Starts now. Hello. Happy Thursday. Thanks for hanging out with us. And guess what? A re-intro because we have new hours and typically at this time, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, you're not hearing these voices. And so as an introduction, I'm Shira. And I'm Ryan. We have a show called Let's Go There on Channel Q weekdays, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific. That's 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern where we talk about everything from current events to pop culture, social issues, our own crazy life experiences and more. And we go there. Yeah, I thought she planned that. She didn't. That came straight from the heart, and I loved it. Um, I would have also added that we have strong opinions that you may love, you may hate, but guess what? As long as you're here with us, that's all that matters. It's a safe space for uncomfortable I hate that. Don't say that. I hate safe space. It <laughs> Why? It's so played out, you know? So like, it's un- let's get unsafe there's now. There's <laughs> something about, like, these buzzwords, safe space, woke. It just feels like, girl, I get it, and we want to create these spaces, but are you actually doing well, it. Well, yeah, of course, but we are doing it. But, like, safe space True. is a pretty, like, iconic, like, iconic, but it's old school. It's like, that's been around but forever. Safe space is not an old school term in the way that I feel like yes, we use of course. it now. But woke is, like, literally was created in this age. Yeah, true. True, true, true. I get it. But let's not go down the road of what's woke, what's not woke. Tell them what's coming up on the show today. Yeah, coming up, why has the CDC issued guidance on a zombie apocalypse? Oh, God. Not the zombies. Right? What, in The Walking Dead? That's coming up at 2.50 p.m. Pacific, 5.50 p.m. Eastern, and trans youth could face juvenile detention under 2021's worst anti-trans bill. So what can we do to stop it? We're going to be sharing that later in the show. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki says former President Trump's account will be restored when the risk of violence has decreased. You know, this comes as a lot of folks are asking, when will he be back on social media? Will it happen? The channel remains suspended due to the risk of incitement to violence. And you know, given just the warnings by the Capitol Police yesterday about a potential attack today, I think it's pretty clear that that elevated violence risk still remains. Um, so, um, however, I, I, I do want to confirm that we will lift the suspension of the channel. We will lift the suspension of the Donald Trump channel when we determine that the risk of violence has decreased. The channel. 
Well, speaking of which, law enforcement agencies and the FBI referencing the incident she was talking about around Washington, D.C., have been adding extra security out of concern for today, March 4th. It's known as the True Inauguration Day. This was... uh, gossip among QAnon supporters, the right wing. A memo said that Capitol Police have no indication, though, that groups will travel to Washington, D.C. to protest or commit acts of violence. And we're going to be talking more about why QAnon believers are obsessed with today, March 4th. That's coming up right after this on the show. So stick around for that. Uh, But now let's get into some entertainment news. What's happening, Ryan? Okay, so I feel like... The internet and everything going on right now is making me want to talk, like, making me have to talk about The Bachelor more often, which is kind of annoying to me. Um, But guess what? It's time for your T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. The Bachelor's Chris Harrison was on Good Morning America today after stepping away from the show. He was being grilled, when I tell you grilled by Michael Strahan. But here is a little bit of the conversation and what, I guess, Chris Harrison had to say. And Rachel Kirkinell. I am an imperfect man. I made a mistake and I own that. I believe that mistake doesn't reflect who I am or what I stand for. I am committed to the progress, not just for myself, also for the franchise. My guess, these girls got- So, yeah, I think a lot of people called it BS. I called it BS because I watched the full interview and he was literally reading his apology. Like, you see him He's reading looking it, hands, looking like- down, <laughs> reading it word for word, and then coming back to Michael. Michael even called, said his apology is his apology, but it felt like I got nothing more oh. than a surface response on any of this. Can you explain all right, quickly what exactly yeah. happens to that Oh, God. Okay, here's a little bit of a backstory. So, basically, he's apologizing because um, he was on a a conversation uh, with Lindsay, Rachel Lindsay from the, she's the first black person. Bachelorette. Yeah, Bachelorette. And basically, he was defending one of the contestants. Her name is Rachel Kirkconnell, where basically he said she deserved a little grace and a little understanding after she was photographed at a plantation-themed party. And so, these photos came out. Chris Harrison was... <laughs> Chris okay. Harrison was like, "Oh, um, well, maybe is it is it really bad now, uh, or was it bad in 2018 versus it being bad now?" And she he was kind of defending it in this mm. interview with Rachel it's, Lindsay. It was very toned up. It was disgusting, like, yeah. and so he had to step down because people were like, "How are you defending these actions?" You right don't get now? it. You don't get it. And so this was his uh, half apology. Got I don't it. like it, but I I want you guys to decide. Head over to WeAreChannelQ.com to check it all out. And of course, I got more T Report coming up next. Well, coming up, House Democrats have passed their massive voting rights bill. Uh, This is the second time they're doing it. But what impact could it make? The Washington Post joins us for that next. House Democrats have passed H.R. 1, the anti-corruption and voting rights reform bill, for the second time in two years. But even with it being passed, the bill has a tough road ahead. And joining us to share more is national political reporter for The Washington Post, Amy Gardner. Thanks for being here. Hey, great to be here. Thanks. So what does this bill cover exactly? Uh, a lot. A lot of ground. It's an 800-page bill. It basically establishes national standards for voter access. It is uh, intended to um, create standards that would, in the Democrats' telling, eliminate some of the confusion and inconsistencies that we saw around the country last year. Uh, there would be sort of uniform rules on uh, allowing voters to register online, vote by mail, 
uh, require a minimum number of days of early voting, uh, require uh, states to allow felons to vote, uh, and, and really importantly, a little bit off topic of voting, but still election related, mandating independent commission drawing of congressional redistricts. Are we seeing uh, the GOP continue Trump's campaign of misinformation and just voter suppression? Um, are we seeing them kind of continue this and, and not support, obviously, this bill? Uh, you could make that argument. I do think that there is a longstanding view among some Republicans in Congress and around the country that uh, elections should be uh regulated by the states as the Constitution lays out. The Constitution makes clear that Congress can regulate elections, but what Congress doesn't regulate is left states. And so it's a federalist argument, which is not a new argument and, and you know, an, an argument that has some merit. So I think it's important that to, for, for listeners to know that that is an argument that's been around for a while. But more broadly, their opposition is paired with this massive flood of state laws that are being proposed in 33 states around the country to curtail voting access to basically do the opposite of what this federal bill would do. And it's really hard to argue, particularly with some of the provisions that are on the table in some states, that there there's a purpose to those some of those restrictions other than to make it harder for certain populations of Americans to vote. Yeah. What about that audio that came out between Justice Amy Coney Barrett and GOP lawmakers that really showed that support? voter suppression was very clear here. And how will we hold these individuals accountable if they're obviously doing this, this to limit people from voting for the Democrats or in, in general? Or in general? Yeah. I think it's uh, I, the, the lawyer for the Republican Party of Arizona, Arizona uh, which was defending two state laws that uh, – Uh, were being challenged. That was the case that was before the Supreme Court that you were referring to Mm -hmm. this week, uh, was very candid when he said uh, the reason why the RNC and the Republican Party of Arizona are a party to this case is because these laws put us, uh, getting rid of these laws would put us at a competitive disadvantage relative to Democrats. You're right. That can be interpreted as a very uh, damning statement, you know, saying the quiet part out loud as we've all gotten used to describing some of the stuff that we hear this past year. But but I think what he would say if he were given a chance to respond here is that, no, I'm saying that the, that not having those rules would be an unconstitutional competitive disadvantage for us. It's, it would be an unfair advantage for Democrats. So, you well, know, maybe he should hire you on... as his publicist because I don't, he kind of said what he said to be honest. I, I'm just trying to figure out how this will help future elections and if this will make a difference. And that's the hope. Right. Uh, look, there are, there's, like I said at the beginning, there are some proposals out there that are really hard to uh, defend. Why would you ban the use of drop boxes, period, even if they are secured with surveillance cameras and other security measures. Like, that seems really hard to justify. Why would you curtail the number of days that early voting is allowed, as they're proposing in Georgia, particularly weekend early voting, which is when a whole lot of black voters turn out after church on Sundays in the weeks ahead of election days? Uh, It's really hard to explain 
mm-hmm. uh, or to even come up with an, a, a, a concept for why yeah. that would be necessary to, quote unquote, secure elections. Well, there's so much to unpack about this, but thank you so much for being here with us today. That was national political reporter from The Washington Post, Amy Gardner. Have a great night. Thanks. Coming up on the show, why are QAnon believers obsessed with today, the 4th of March? We'll explain that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Law enforcement agencies around Washington, D.C. were worried about today, March the 4th. That was the date that was put out there. There were concerns around potential protests, demonstrations that have been spread by QAnoners surrounding what some have described as the true inauguration day. Joining us right now is Media Matters for America President and CEO, Angela Angelo Carusone. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So what's the reasoning behind this? Let's get into this. Why are people saying that March sure. 4th is yeah. the true inauguration day? <laughs> because that was the inauguration date prior to uh, 1933. And the reason why 1933 matters to this crowd is that... Um, there's uh, another movement online and, and that's been around for a few decades that is called the uh, Sovereign Citizen Movement. And this is a group of people that believes that the current United States government is not actually the real United States government, that it's all been illegitimate since FDR uh, got rid of the gold standard. And so that's what happened. This, this basically this other conspiracy theory kind of latched on to or the QAnon people grabbed it um, after Joe Biden was inaugurated as president. Uh, and basically said it's all a hoax and that actually Donald Trump was going to come back on the 4th and be inaugurated as the president of the original United States. Um, so that, that's, that's honestly how it all came to be. This is wild. Fascinating. I think the thing I didn't know, that there were QAnon influencers and that they're doing like damage control now because what? Nothing has happened at yeah. this point. So how do they keep their following? That's it. I mean, that's the, there, are, there are QAnon influencers. Um, they... There are. They have shows and, uh, you know, and, and followings and, and mer- they sell merch. One of them um, is in Congress right now. Do actually, they smoke crack yeah, as well? The, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, what they do is they um, a couple things. You know, they all this is how the movement sort of adapts and splinters. One, um, you know, they they always try to keep the grips going. So they they basically say that, you know, there's a segment of them that are saying, look, Trump is actually so smart that he realizes that the original date um, wasn't good for him and he's going to come back in a couple weeks. Um, so there's like a group of people that just keep plowing ahead with it. So instead of March 4th, it's going to be March 19th. And um, there's another group that thinks actually it was all a hoax that the FBI had secretly infiltrated QAnon back in January and started to float this idea to trick supporters of the QAnon movement into buying into this false flag so that they could distract them from the real crimes and the real work that Trump is doing. And then there's another group of influencers that are claiming that Trump already is the president um, and that he actually has a secret government that he's standing up and he's just waiting for the Pope uh, to be arrested. Uh, and once the Pope is arrested by in order because it's part of this global cabal, uh-huh, um, once they get rid of the Pope, then Trump is actually going to take his government that's already assembled and will just, you know, walk into the White House. So that one doesn't have a date. They, they, that, 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 that oh, way that they've God, adapted and given themselves some flexibility. So and again, we're talking to from Media Matters, <laughs> Angelo Carasone. So, I mean, you keep up with all of this. I can barely keep up with it. I mean, we keep, keep up with the news all the time. It seems like a lot of energy put into things that aren't actually happening when there's actually a lot of real world issues to solve. There are. And I think that's the real challenge, right, is that um, 
I said, ultimately, this is an obstacle to basically solving any real issues. It's an obstacle to our good society. And it basically is, it, it is the, the thing that really scares me about where the next steps of this go is that there's a segment of the QAnon people, and it gets back to your other question, that uh, are becoming increasingly radicalized. Mm, that as they yeah. start to defect from this, you know, some of them say, oh, this is all BS and, um, and that QAnon is not real and, or it wasn't gone far enough that they're actually being recruited fairly aggressively by militia organizations um, and, uh, uh, you know, and sort of more extreme right, right wing groups that explicitly think violence is a tactic. Um, and that's kind of where things are at. I mean, it's, it's a real, it, it's going to be a real ongoing challenge for us as, as things go on. This movement will never just, it'll never go away. It'll, it'll just kind of adapt and actually keep infecting almost every other part of our policy conversation. Should we be expecting that there could possibly be another insurrection? Yes. Wow. Do, what other um, details do you, you should. have? And I, yeah, you what should. Do you think, I don't think it'll be against like? the Capitol. Yeah. I think what is going to end up happening is it'll be sort of these rolling efforts that um, will target state and local governments um, because they're, they'll be smaller. It, it'll look very similar to what happened back in April when we were all first responding to the pandemic um, and, and a lot of places were imposing, you know, more rigid restrictions on movement. Um, they were there were those reopen events, which were actually heavily, you know, heavily overlapped with QAnon. But in some places, like in Michigan, they, they shut down the state capitol. Um, uh, you know, and we saw little examples of that in the last couple of weeks, actually, where um, people were organizing marches at stores that had mask mandates. And they would these Q people and others would walk in. 100 per people of them without their masks on. They would just storm past security. Um, they, did, they shut down one of the major vaccination sites a couple of weeks ago in California. Um, uh, you know, similar things. So I, I think that's going to be what we end up dealing with. And the truth is, right now, the, the real question of what the temperature is and how often we deal with it, a lot of it's going to depend scarily on Facebook. Um, if they let Trump back on, which they're in the process of deciding mm-hmm. right now, yeah. it, there is a clear correlation between escalation and Trump's Facebook activity. Mm-hmm. So it, that is going to make everything worse, to be honest. Well, with that wow. said, I mean, if we see that <laughs> happening again, don't you think that's just going to look bad on Facebook and maybe something will change? I hope so. I mean, I think there's still a good chance that they end up keeping his ban in place permanently. All the other social media platforms, for their part, have said that they're not going to reconsider their, you know, the, the, um, their ban and removal of this account. Facebook was the only one that actually said it, it's up for discussion and debate right now, which they're, which they're reevaluating. Um, yeah. I, I hope there's enough pressure to keep it off the table. But, um, you know, I think we're at a real precarious moment. And, you know, the Q thing is a, is a small subset of what is just sort of this larger problem. And I think at its core, what they've proven to be is just incredibly adaptable, um, in part because the people that are buying into it really, they want to believe it. And when you want to believe something, uh, you know, it leads to uh, it leads you willing to sort of suspend all of your other rational thoughts. So all of that saying, you don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. QAnon's here to stay. That's right. And it'll just infect other parts of the conversation. You know, in a, in a year from now, as it starts to fade, you know, we we won't be calling it QAnon, maybe, but it'll basically be the remnants of it, a rebrand. Well, my hope <laughs> is that figure out who the new Q is. Yeah, as the media, we have a responsibility, and I hope the government also takes responsibility with how they lead and what, the, like, how what they. Country are you living in that the government takes well, responsibility? I, I don't know. I'm trying to create the world that I want to live in. Okay, thank you again for joining us. Uh, it was really great having you on. That was Media Matters for America President and CEO Angelo Carasone. Have a great day. 
Coming up on the show, the CDC is giving advice on preparing for a zombie apocalypse. But why? We'll be back in two minutes. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You know it's a good day when you get to talk about the zombie apocalypse. I guess. The CDC... Depends on what you're into. (laughs) Whatever turns you on. (laughs) The CDC has updated their zombie preparedness section on their website. I don't like this, so I'm going to change the song for a more uh, oh, zombie yeah. you? All right, while you do that, I'll explain. Launched back in 2011, I thought you were going to do something a bit more Halloween-y. Anyway. No, this is Disturbia by Rihanna. Oh, okay. This yeah, is a it. Halloween song. Oh, my God. Don't question me. So, this isn't new. It was yeah. started in 2011. They make it clear online, though, it is a joke. But with a serious message about the importance of disaster preparedness. First of all, CDC has better things to be doing than throwing out dad jokes, right? I just don't understand this. It should not be taking up space on their certified, like, actual informational website. It makes no sense to me. It was either uh, someone that, like, thought they were going to go viral. Like, it was either a, a millennial... But what does the CDC hires? need to go viral for? They are. They, they are literally the center. But they're the center of viral because they handle all <laughs> things that are viral. There's <laughs> the sound effects. <laughs> but yeah. are they? I mean, it but, works but for that. Take, I'm not going to do it too much, but it works. Do we take them seriously? No. And I don't I, know if this would help, actually. This is, like, this is not going to help. I just don't understand this. But please, break this down more because you were in the middle of doing They this. said, Sorry. wonder why zombies, zombie apocalypse, and zombie preparedness continue to live or walk dead on a CDC website? As it turns out, what first began as a tongue-in-cheek campaign to engage new audiences with preparedness messages has proven to be very effective. We continue to reach and engage a wide variety of audiences on all hazards preparedness via zombie preparedness. So just in case, if you took the vaccine, is what they're saying, that there's a possibility (laughs) that you could turn into a zombie. So here's the thing. If this was to happen, we just talked about conspiracy theories here. What are the top three things that you're going to have in the middle of the zombie apocalypse? What do you want? You need water. (laughs) Okay. That's that's good. You probably, and I, I don't like this. I don't like violence. Say it. You probably need some sort of weapon. Okay. Well, you got to survive. Yes. yes that's, like that a, makes sense. A sword and a... A sword? <laughs> what's Girl, I'm going to rip your head off and by the time a you try, no, you a try big to gun. swing that sword. Uh, but what's, what are those like those ones that like are the big sword? What's it called again? Child. A, a she's going to end up killing like, me <laughs> or her colleagues because she's going to be like, oops, I didn't mean to stab you. I meant to and stab And then the- you want... um. Probably uh, you want to you want somewhere to live because you want away from them. I said three food. things that food. you want. You want food. Okay, so food, water, and a big sword. No, and, and that's what you of... just said. <laughs> killing item. So here, <laughs> I get anxious when I talk about killing. I'm sorry. Oh my goodness! But this in this case, it's really serious. Just in case, you know, yeah. you gotta. So they said they don't tell you to have some sort of. Uh, by the way, armed, like, an, uh, be armed in this. They said, get a kit, make a plan, be prepared. Yes, I think okay? we all should. They said, uh, food, water, I was right, medical supplies to last for at least 72 hours, backup power sources, medical records, and an emergency supply of prescription medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you need your you Xanax, make sure you have your Xanax on I just tap. realized, sure didn't even ask me what I was going to bring. What would you have? Now I got to think about it. <laughs> No, but food for sure, water. But actually, I'm going to go uh, find uh, the creepy white guy in my um, high school that I, we all thought was preparing. Actually, now I'm going to go find Shira's boyfriend yeah, because he say, has not a so many things. Well, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> but he is most definitely prepared. He has uh, his own cannon. 
um, but it's like a, a potato, potato can. cannon. But you never know. We can turn that into like things that we need, and like we sit on a hill. It's just good stuff. So I'm going to say I need food, I need water, and I need um, Shira and her boyfriend as just like you know. Two white people who are prepared for things like this. There you go. Thank you. I'm happy uh, I'm useful to you. Yes. Sometimes. Yeah, that's it. So uh, coming up on the show. Oh, by the way, we haven't done this uh, recently because we haven't been in the studio. But let us know what you would bring with you or keep with you in case of a zombie apocalypse. Give us a call at, what is the number? Oh, this is embarrassing. Are you kidding me? This This is embarrassing. No one is prepared. 877-CALL-Q. Right? 83377-CALL-Q. I don't have my glasses on. God, I'm old, and I'm not even prepared for the zombie apocalypse. Oh, my God. We got to go, y'all. We got more. What's your in the news coming up next? Don't y'all go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show, we're celebrating... I don't know if that's the right word. What are we celebrating? Anniversary of our pandemic shutdown. Uh, I mean, it's not really a celebration, but I think we are most definitely reflecting. It's bittersweet. Yeah, how this this year, this past year, has kind of uh, changed us in a way. Yeah, and also experts are saying that we could be experiencing anniversary reaction. I mean, our what anniversary mean? grief. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of emotions, I feel like. That's Let's, that's coming up. Plus, uh, something really important, of course, we want to talk about here at Channel Q. Trans youth could be facing a juvenile detention under 2021's worst anti-trans bill. That's coming up at 3.30 p.m. Pacific, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. And what we can do to stop this, because it's really horrible what's happening. And um, advocates and activists are coming together, together right now. But let's get into some what's trending this hour VP Kamala Harris just broke a 50-50 tie in the Senate to proceed on the COVID-19 relief bill. Here's that powerful moment. On this vote, the yeas are 50, the nays are 50, the Senate being equally divided, the vice president votes in the affirmative, and the motion to proceed is agreed to. There you go, the power of the votes when you're 50-50 and you break the tag. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I know she's probably living uh, for this position that oh, she's yeah. in because guess what? Democrats are going to be able to get a lot done on their terms and and she's the deal breaker. She gets to make that decision. I love that the most powerful black woman in the country right now is being able to do that. Mm-hmm. So, slay, queen, seriously. Now, a court ruled against a fourth grade student who wanted to have a transgender equality essay included in a school publication because supporting LGBTQ people is not age appropriate. Okay, so uh, the young student wrote this for their 100 word essay. I don't know if you know this, but people's view on transgenders is an issue. This is so sweet. Uh, And it was for their school in Moore, South Carolina. People think that men should not dress like a woman saying mean things. I mean, it could just break I, your I mean, heart. I mean, when a fourth grader knows what they're talking about, that what does that really say? I mean, it, it gives you hope about the generations of the futures, right? Well, yes, but unfortunately, it was rejected. According to the complaint brought by the family, the teacher religiously defended her decision to exclude the fourth grader's essay, saying that the original paper would make other parents upset, would create an undesirable situation at the school was not acceptable, and that it was not age-appropriate to discuss transgenders, lesbian, and, and drag queens outside of the home. Gross. You know, adults ruin everything. I feel like once you become an adult, or you realize, like, around teenage years that adults are just the worst, it's very true. Adults really do ruin everything, and instead of allowing, you know, children just to flourish and say what they need to do, you start mm-hmm. to put those restrictions on them. Well, it's thank- just gross. Thankfully, the parents are in support, but this U.S. Circuit judge 
actually rejected the claim and sided with the school, unfortunately, which is really sad. And the <sighs> student's grandfather is gay as an LGBTQ activist. You know what? It's sad. But I hope because she uh, that student has people around um, them, I think it's incredible. I hope they continue to you know do and stand up for the right things because that's important. Definitely. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so Todrick Hall. He's in the hot seat after trying to stick up for his bestie, Taylor Swift. Should he have just kept his mouth shut, though? It is time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. Now, we we talked about Taylor Swift earlier this week. Um, Basically, she was calling out a Netflix show, Jenny and Georgia, for, you know, basically saying some misogynistic, they made a joke about her dating too many guys, blah, blah, blah. Well, Todrick decided to hop into the situation when nobody really asked him to. Um, And in his defense, he was trying to, you know, stick up for her and go against those sexist remarks. Um, But apparently, he kind of missed the... The point in a series of tweets that have since disappeared, uh, Todrick claimed that Swift, quote, uh, hasn't dated a crazy amount of people. The joke makes no sense. He continued on saying, not that it matters, but I can think of quite a few pop stars who run through men and women like it's cardio and no one mentions their names. So here's the thing. Fans immediately called him out by saying Taylor's literally fighting against sexist jokes and you use one to support her? Someone else said supporting his friend by throwing sexist jabs. Happy Women's Month, uh, History Month, I guess. Which, it's true. It's one of those things where it's like, I get you're trying to stick up for her. And maybe you're just doing a lot because you no one really asked your opinion. But you can't try to defend a sexist remark by being a misogynist as well. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's like two wrongs don't make a right. <laughs> it doesn't work at That's all. That's what my grandmother told me. Is is that what she said? I mean, I think it's just an, ad, an age-old adage. <laughs> Share with the hot takes today, people. It's really good. It's... <laughs> Maybe he doesn't realize this. <laughs> no, but I think to me, I, to be honest, I, I feel a certain way about Todrick. I, I love him. I think he's, I think he's very talented. But sometimes I just, it doesn't feel genuine a lot of times. But well, because he's trying to defend by being angry, but you're not going to get anywhere but just by being angry. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Let us know what you think. You know, I got more T report coming up next. But you can always sound off, keep the conversation going at LGT Show everywhere on social media, and of course, uh, find out more about this story at WeAreChannelQ.com. So what is this thing they're calling the anniversary reaction? Experts are saying how we should deal with the intense realization that it's been a year since the beginning of the pandemic lockdown. More on that next. It's the anniversary of the pandemic lockdown, and it's bringing up a lot of different emotions. Grief, uncertainty, sadness, and maybe some excitement for some as the vaccine is bringing a light at the end of the tunnel. Joining us right now is Dr. Alfie, founder of the Acoma Project. She's one of our favorites, also host of the Couch to Color podcast. Thanks for being here. Of course. You know, it's always my pleasure. Oh, well, you know, experts are saying some of us could be experiencing an anniversary reaction. What does that even mean? Um, It really, a lot of times it shows up physically, it manifests itself physically, or it manifests itself as like you just don't feel like you feel this. Um, unease, like you feel uneasy and you're not sure why. So really what that is, is you're, you, there's a book called The Body Keeps Score, I think is what it's called. People reference it all the time. And your body is really holding on to all of the angst and stress and strife that you've been experiencing over the past year. And it's remembering when it started. So that's really what it is, just feeling uneasy and maybe not knowing where it's coming from. That's typically your sign. It's an anniversary reaction. Mm. You know, I feel like I'm pretty lucky because... 
I barely remember what day of the week it is. And I know <laughs> some people, like I have a close friend who literally, def- like, I, I just, it's just so good with dates where they remember where they were a year ago. And that can be a blessing yep. and a curse, right? And I think when you have people who are kind of, uh, they wrap their hand, their, their anxieties are over the date, this is pretty triggering for them knowing that, oh, it's been a year and nothing's really changed. And they look on TV and yeah, there's a vaccine, but when am I going to get that? So I guess, how do you process um, that feeling of feeling like, has anything really changed? Really? You know, and how do you move forward? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you know what I'm going to say, Ryan, I always say the same thing. It's really about being present and, and practicing, right? I'm not saying everybody gets it right, but it's about practicing self-awareness. So if you're kind of going through life day to day and you're not really conscious of how you're feeling in any way, shape or form, then this stuff does tend to weigh on you because you're not making any active steps or taking any active steps or practices to be present and being present is the thing that helps to reduce and and minimize some of the anxiety and worry that people feel. So what I say to people is start some kind of practice that makes you present. Some for some people that's coloring books for some people that's music for some people that's deep breathing. There are all kinds of things that you can do. Find the thing that works for you and you've got to work on being present and you've got to work on being self-aware. If you can start there, I think those are the things that help to minimize that, what you're just what you're describing, just getting overwhelmed, right? Anybody's going to get overwhelmed mm-hmm. when you think about just the weight. When I was listening to you describe, you know, all the things that people might be thinking about, how long we've been under quarantine, the vaccine, all, do I get it or do I not? It is overwhelming. So bring yourself back to focus on just where you are today and in this moment if you can, but it takes practice. Yeah, again, we're talking to Dr. Alfie right now. I also think it helps, and what's really helped me recently, and I'm fortunate, is to be in a partnership with someone that I feel like is pretty emotionally healthy. Here she is talking about she's not single. But to bounce my ideas, my feelings off of, because to get some perspective, I find I could be in my head a lot and it could create more anxiety, and and it doesn't need to be a partner. It could be a support group or obviously a friend. friend, But like someone that's not going to feed into the negativity, but say, like it's okay that you're feeling this and then where can you take accountability and like giving you some perspective as to what you're feeling like today I was feeling something come up and I called him I said is does it make sense why I'm feeling this way like I'm trying to process this because I I don't want to be stuck in this I agree with that I agree with that and even if you don't have a partner everybody has that one friend who's sort of the rock now with that said sometimes you got to check on the rock too do you know what I mean like your friend who is is the the stalwart but at the, by the same token, you know, I obviously, I am that friend for a lot of my girlfriends, but I have to say, sometimes, I, like today, I just picked up the phone and called my girlfriend. She's in the middle of her workday, right? She doesn't have, like, this what they call bankers hours like me. And I was like, girl, look, can we just, like, Melinda, help me? And she was like, okay, Alfie, blah, 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 blah. And it really helped me, right? Even though I'm the rock, I was able to call her, and she knows that sometimes I need her to be that for me. So I feel like everybody, hopefully, has at least one person or a half a person, or maybe they're kind of that person for you. And and what you're saying, Shira, is you got to lean on that person sometimes. But Dr. Alfie, I think one thing that we haven't mentioned yet is the root of this thing, right, is grief. Because people's mm. lives, family members, friends, yeah. that's difficult. So how should we be reshaping how we view grief and moving through that? Yeah. I think, Ryan, you always ask the best question. It's so well-informed and it's so thoughtful. Like the, the piece of it is recognizing that grief is not just about someone passing away. Mm. That's not just what grief is. Grief is any kind of loss. That could be the lot, like a loss of a pet 
a loss of a dating relationship, a loss of a job, a loss of a marriage, right? In this case, the loss of our freedom, right? Like, and, yeah. and the loss of, for a lot of people, the innocence that came with not fully understanding racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, so on and so forth, right? So, and, and for others of us, it's like, really, y'all just figuring this out? So we're grieving because we've been living in this space for so long, and now you have all these other people who just woke up to it, and it's sort of like, really? And it's the realization. So anytime you have these significant life transitions like this, you really are, I think, in some ways, wanting to start thinking about it as grief and processing it as such. Sometimes it's just naming the issue mm-hmm. as giving it a label that helps you move forward. And that's what I would say. So I love the question, and you're absolutely right. A lot of us are just dealing with grief. Give yourself time. We yeah. rush through so much in our life right now. I think it's so important to realize like things take time. Grace and space, people. Yep. Dr. Alfie, we love you. Thanks for being on again. We appreciate it. Oh, I love you too. Always. It's always my pleasure to be with you. Dr. Alfie is the founder of Acoma Project. Also check out her podcast, Couched in Color, right now. Coming up on the show, Minnesota law is targeting trans youth and it's the most dangerous one yet. More details next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. A new Minnesota bill introduced last week is the worst legislation targeting trans youth to be put forward so far this year. And if passed, it would be the first law to criminalize transgender girls seeking to be affirmed by their gender at school. Monica Myers is with us, executive director of Outfront Minnesota. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited to be here with you and talk about, unfortunately, this really terrible, terrible bill. Yeah, I mean, it's, this seems devastating, right? Uh, should this get passed? I mean, it's so dangerous what's going on. What do we need to know about this bill exactly? You know, I um, I think that this bill does go so far um, in in taking the anti-trans bills that we're seeing across the country it just it takes it to a new level and saying like, hey, here's a new way that we could put forward hateful policies and, you know, and further, um, you know, dehumanize trans people. And so it is. Yeah, it is by far a hateful bill. Um, I will say um, we will stop it and it won't be able to pass in Minnesota. Thankfully, we have a split legislature and we have a governor who would veto it. But I, I still think the harm is there. The harm, you know, that we have, um, you know, we have legislators, we have elected officials who are saying, oh, you know, one of the number one policies we need to do is to um, criminalize, you know, trans girls for participating in sports and using the restrooms and the locker rooms. And I just think that that message that sends, um, it just reverberates out and sends the hate out in the world um, yeah. to so many People. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, it, it's it's crazy to know that they're even trying to do this. Have we seen a uh, past uh, legislation or even proposals like this coming out of Minnesota when it comes to attacks on the LGBTQ plus community? We have had attacks, you know, for decades. Um, and I think, you know, and against trans people, I think what is different that is currently happening in Minnesota and across the U.S. is is I, the, the fact that they're targeting youth. Mm. And so they're looking at, you know, how they're looking at, at kids and saying, you know, let's figure out policies that we're going to put forward that will, you know, discriminate against these kids, against these youth. And it's, it's so hateful. And also, I just, I really, it's, it's so heartbreaking that adults are doing that. 
Yeah, so with, you know, Minnesota doing this, there's more than 20 states introducing anti-trans sports bills in 2021. Uh, what are you doing at Outfront Minnesota right now to deal with this? Well, I, you know, I think that it's our job as a state, you know, as a state LGBTQ plus organization and, and actually as just like people who care about a loving and justice world and just world, like we need to be promoting um, and actually being not just reactive when we see legislation like this or see policies brought forward, um, but we need to be proactive in thinking about how are we making our culture and our world uh, more affirming for trans people. And so I think, you know, every chance that we all get, like we have to be able to be talking about um, about how we support trans inclusion um, and we um, and of course, speaking out against these kind of hateful policies. Well, a policy like this has such a uh, disastrous result for transgender youth uh, who there's been surveys that show are overrepresented in juvenile detention centers. And I know there was a study that was quoted in the Dim.us article back from 2009. But if this was to happen, how would we see this severely impact that community even more when it comes to these juvenile detention centers and trans uh, kids being there? Well, I, I mean, I, I think that it, I think it has, I think just even the fact that this bill has been put forward has a chilling effect where yeah. I think that again, you know, trans youth are thinking, wow, I, maybe I'm not going to come out. Maybe I'm not going to be myself. Maybe, you know, people are telling me over and over that there's something wrong with who I am. And so I think there's that piece. I also would say that if, you know, if, trans youth are getting arrested. Um, and if this, like if a policy like this went forward, I would also just say that it would, it would match what's, what's, you know, what's wrong with our criminal justice system now, which is lots, um, but including the fact that it would target, that people would target um, trans youth of color. Yeah, and I, I think we would yeah. see predominantly black and brown youth who would be um, mm. who who would be prosecuted. Yes, this just reminds me of like how how long ago was uh, did they try to criminalize homosexuality and when they were like, oh, we can't do that anymore, right? Oh, we can't stop them from getting married. Uh, the uh, trans individuals were the next in line, right, to continue suppressing this community. And so I feel like we'll look back at this moment right now in, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later and, and look at how inhumane this is that we're witnessing right now. I, I hope that they, I hope not, not long from now that, yeah. I mean, that they feel shame about mm-hmm. how they are acting, that, 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 that these are people supposedly who are like thinking about the, you know, they should be right. I'm just going to be idealistic. They should be thinking about what's good for everyone. How do we put forward policies that truly improve, improve people's lives? And instead we have, you know, these, we have people who are using trans youth and trans people as like some kind of a political football that they can throw around and see how it, you know, how does this help my political future? Um, you know, meanwhile, you know, really, I think, you know, spreading hate mm-hmm. against trans people. Well, that was Monica Myers, executive director out front Minnesota. Thanks so much for your work. And you can always come on to uh, share what you're up to because it's really important. Thanks so much. I'm really honored to be here. Now, coming up on the show, what would you do if you found out your apartment had a secret place? <gasps> what this New York City renter found in their apartment oh is going viral on TikTok next. This story's crazy, y'all. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Are you, are you ready to get scared? To imagine yourself 
in a world. Does this know? music match that? No. Like whatever you're giving, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what. Do, do you want like? I would have like really super music. scary music. Oh, this is the only scary song that we. <laughs> so here's what happens. Okay, uh, tell us. Story is going viral on TikTok. A New York City woman was convinced her apartment is haunted after uncovering a creepy hidden room out of a horror movie. And she documented it all, posted it, and has amassed millions of views. Here's part one, because they do this on TikTok where they do part one. Stay tuned for part two, then part three, and then they get you reeled in. A New York City apartment, and it's cold, right? Obviously, it doesn't matter how high the heat goes, I'm cold, right? So I walk into my bathroom. Right here, I feel cold air blowing on me. There's not a vent or anything. So I feel here and there's cold air coming through this hole. So I tape it up. I tape it up. I don't know why there's cold air coming through here, but we're not having it. I stand here. So she's standing in her bathroom. She has cold hair uh, coming from just an area of the door and then where the mirror is, right? And then she decides to take the mirror off the wall totally normal like you would do uh-huh, i mean one uh-huh. would you have the guts to do this if you were alone or would you ask a friend to come well if you watch the rest of the series she actually had her friends or her roommates or whatever but i would never i would not even probably even dive into why i was feeling cold air if i was hot and here in the los angeles summer that would just be my spot i would stand in my apartment while i was sweating i know the air would come from that way Very i would practical. think about it so you wouldn't yeah, think would mind like, my damn business right away and i don't know if it's because she lives in like an old new york building she right away thought there was something fishy like it was a ghost uh and so <laughs> when she takes off this mirror she finds a a whole other apartment (laughs) on the other side and so it's like literally a hole like a gap and then an apartment so a lot of people were referencing the movie parasite other people were talking about the movie Candyman. then in part four she decides to go through the hole the gap to go into the apartment she's that curious if you found this hole Uh uh would you actually document and go into the other side to check out the apartment let me tell you this the only hole I'm worried about. <laughs> Why I decided to get into holes. Should have seen this coming. I'm not doing none of this. You know, I would never go in and put myself into a creepy situation to solve a mystery. What if she would have walked into a time capsule and she would have ended up in 300 BC or AC That'd or whatever cool. it is? No, that would have been awful. Like, she could have been in the upside down. Like, there's just some re- things that you should not feel um, like, you know, there's just some things that you shouldn't, like, go into. Would you do it knowing you'd get a lot of TikTok followers? I, no one cares about that except for you, Shira. <laughs> that is not fair. It's true. I know I am not alone. Sometimes you think to yourself, this might be a good moment that's going to go viral. Why not put it out there? You thought this story was a good moment. I did. <laughs> Let us know if you are entertained at LGT Show. Whose side are you on? Do you think this is an interesting story? Or are you like Ryan, you're going to use this like y'all ghost see, room as a fan? what happens when she picks the stories? <laughs> Coming up on the show, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is getting a national monument. Details on that next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. 
What's up? It is Shira and Ryan. You're listening to Let's Go There. Typically, we have in the past started our show t- right now, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, but we've got new hours, y'all. Oh, yes, honey. You know, I feel like, how would you describe us? Like, those things that you love that you just can't give up? Like, any type of, like, meaty pastry, I don't think, mm-hmm. that you're trying to go on a diet, but we're just like, no, go to McDonald's. Well, not McDonald's. I don't want to compare to McDonald's, huh? But, like, the, the best bakery food that you just can't stop eating, right? I think exactly. that's us. Exactly. Or, like, a Frappuccino. Really? What are you, a middle grade? Like middle school teacher? Sweets. (laughs) And we give you some caffeine, some energy. I feel like Frappuccinos are specifically for like 12th graders. How dare you? (laughs) Anyway, so we've got new hours, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific. That's 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern and Channel Q, where we update you on what's trending in the use, the the news. We've got the tea report. uh, And we bring you everything you need to know in LGBTQ plus news as well. Yeah, we're just a good time. We we keep you informed, and we like to have fun while doing it. So don't exactly. don't judge us for the mess ups. Don't judge us for the the any of things. Or you can judge us. No, we, please judge us and tweet us at LGT Show or true. call us. Our right, our boss. Y'all love to do that. Three seven seven call Q. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of which, we want to give a shout out to Sacramento Native. American Church in San Jose, California, San Jose's prestigious cannabis church who listen to Let's Go There and Channel. Q. I mean, that's our audience. People who smoke it, who smoke smoke weed in church. That is literally the audience that I'm asking for. We like intersectionality here. <laughs> that's for sure. It makes me really happy actually. It does. We appreciate I'm you. This over. Coming up on the show, what the are max. NFTs? I mean, people, you know, these things come up and then I'm like, I got to know about this because people are selling these for millions of dollars or buying them. And I want to know what is that's some, all about. Is it something that you should be looking out for? You know, everyone's talking about stocks and, and, Crypto. and Bitcoin and all that stuff. Is this the next big thing? That's what I'm talking about. NFTs. Not like a UFO. It's an NFT. <laughs> Seems like some sort of alien I don't thing. think anyone thought that, Shira. <laughs> Plus, a therapist is blowing minds by explaining how men can have sex with men and still be straight. The doctor behind this viral video is joining us at 4.30 p.m. Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. All right. I, this is, that's going to be an interesting conversation. We're coming in hot. I mean, let's do it. But let's right now get into some what's trending this hour. As each governor is speaking out for or against a mask mandate, Governor Gavin Newsom has come out giving his stance. We also put out, if you were wondering, uh, updates on mask wearing, encouraging people, particularly those that use cloth masks, to consider using an additional mask and double masking. You're not using the cloth mask and you're using uh, masks like this that actually filter even more than N95 masks. Uh, That's not the guideline recommendation, but we are encouraging people basically to double down on mask wearing, particularly in light of all of what I would argue is bad information. Okay, that was Governor Gavin Newsom saying to double mask. I mean, speaking of the kettle calling, the, is it the pot or the kettle? Who, what, whichever Call one is kettle black. Calling the kettle hot. It's him doing it because, he, you know, he got in some trouble earlier, uh, late last year about, you know, yes, things that I he get was it. doing. He went to someone's dinner. That was Not, Are you downplaying the French fact that he laundry. broke his own rules? 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not downplaying it. I'm just like over it. Like I get it. He it's went true. to like like his colleagues' he celebration, it. and he admitted that it was a dumb move. Yeah, but he still did it, and I think it's really tough for people to take him seriously because guess what? That's the whole reason. I mean, that's true because why folks are trying to recall him. I even when I'm asked to be part of any sort of event, I go, well, I, you know, I'm part of the media. I do talk about this. Like I don't. I need to talk the talk and walk the walk. That's I it. question that. I'm not even the governor. I, exactly. So that's all I'm saying. You know, he is the pot and the kettle and all those things that, you know, your grandmother would say. It's too dang hot. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Now, uh, legislation has been filed in both the Senate and the House of Representatives to build a monument to the only Supreme Court justice ever given a street name, the notorious RBG. It would be placed on Capitol Hill. This comes from Senator Amy Klobuchar, who said she was an icon trailblazer who dedicated her life to opening doors for women at a time. When so many insisted on keeping them shut. This comes, of course, during uh, Women's History Month. It is only fitting that the members of the Senate and the House honor her life and service by establishing a monument in the Capitol. Klobuchar joined 15 other Democratic senators in introducing the bill in the Senate. Meanwhile, no Republicans co-sponsored the bill, which is unfortunate because her work has helped all of them as well. They're the worst. Including the women. Ginsburg was nominated to the court by former President Bill Clinton. She served for 27 years before dying of cancer. R.I.P. R.B.G. That was what's trending in the news. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Yeah, I got a crazy story for you. So listen up. Rudy Giuliani's daughter has opened up about her love of threesomes, saying three-way sex has made her a better person. Yes, it is time for your tea report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. This headline just made my day. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you heard that right. Rudy Giuliani's daughter is spilling all in a new piece on Vanity Fair titled A Unicorn's Tale. Three-way sex with couples has made me a better person. Um, Caroline Rose Giuliani openly discusses her sexual escapades with other couples. The piece which opens with the words... Uh, and I quote, I want to watch my boyfriend bend you over, um, is how she started it, uh, which is beautiful. Uh, she said, I had known some time I was at least bisexual, but had barely explored that side of my sexuality. I knew I wanted to experience new dynamics. Um, so she signed up for a dating site called Unicorn. Sure, you love a unicorn. Yes. Maybe um, you will probably stop saying this. Women, basically this site is for women who agree to have sex with couples. You into it? Yeah, Wait, maybe. say that again. Unicorn, the website, it's a dating website. Women who agree to have for- sex with couples. Oh, I, oh, so if I'm looking for a third, this would be, I would go to the unicorn. Yes, or if you're looking to join a couple, that is where you're going. Well, I'm um, a couple. Yeah, oh, true. Uh, well, she even goes on in this piece to say that she is pansexual. Uh, mm. But, you know, there's so much that she details. I mean, she really dives in graphically about her sexual experiences, which hats off to her. I'm obsessed with it uh, because, you know, she's known to be the rebel and the Giuliani clan, having said that despite her father's role as attorney for Donald Trump, she would still vote for President Joe Biden. And honestly, she got a friend in me, girl. You better have all the sex you want to have. She's cute. She's a, She looks cool, too. I like her vibe. Yeah, I like it. If you want to know more or read more of that piece, head over to WeAreChannelQ.com. Girl, that is your tea report. I got more coming up next hour. We should get her on the show. Actually, that would be everything. Vanessa, producer Vanessa, get do it. Make it happen, please. <laughs> we, you know, we have this thing about requests because we had someone say, you never say, I need you to do this. Okay. It's a better way to do it. Coming up on the show, what are NFTs and why is everyone suddenly talking about them? Why are people buying them for millions of dollars? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. 
So this next conversation I wanted to do because I want our listeners to be in the know about things that are on the up and up. I don't want you to like feel like you were late or, you know, it hits the mainstream media. Like she this wants, is the insider stuff. She okay? wants you to sit at the cool kids table. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. This All is right. our show and I want our listeners to be inside. Okay, and and get the tea. So recently, there's this word NFT. This is a different type of tea that could make you money. Okay, all right, listening up. This this word NFT has been thrown around. Right, it's a it has to do with cryptocurrency and that whole thing. Okay, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna give you the 101. It's not gonna be difficult. Celebrities like Kings of Leon, Grimes are jumping on board, and even the Associated Press selling digital art for hundreds of thousands of dollars or even millions. And here to explain more is Jason Heiner, editorial director at CNET at Red Ventures. Thanks for being here. Hey, always a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, so I appreciate this because I want to give uh, people a breakdown of this. So it's not complicated so they get it and why everyone's talking about it. What are NFTs? <laughs> NFTs. It's a tough subject because... There, there is a, it's heavily technical. So let's try to like get rid of all the technical babble that you could get into. Like they are related to Bitcoin, right? But, but you could almost think of it more like kind of like a digital beanie baby or a digital Mona Lisa, right? Where you own this using technology, you own an NFT, you own this unique one of a kind. Um, piece of digital artwork or, you know, digital um, art or image. Uh, that doesn't mean it can't be copied and you can show it around the internet. That's why you're, you're seeing things flying around of, uh, you know, Grimes and, and her uh, um, video that she did that somebody paid, 50 second video, somebody paid $390,000 to own quote unquote, that video, right? That she ha- the person who bought it has the one of the kind of and, that video. And just but to be clear, NFT yeah. is, stands for non-fungible token, which also sounds like a word that no one would get. And it's right. basically tokens are like cryptocurrencies, right? So you yep. buy it with, you can't buy it with like American dollars. You would need to buy it with a c- cryptocurrency, right? Yeah, so fungible is not a word that we use in the English language very often, but what it just means is, Something that's fungible is something that you can transfer, you know, between me and you. So a fungible asset would be if you had a $20 bill in L.A. and I have a $20 bill in Louisville, our $20 bills are worth the same. Or if you have a Bitcoin and I have a Bitcoin, they're worth the same. But if you have a certain Beanie Baby and I have a certain Beanie Baby from back in the day, um, you know, yours might be worth 50000 Mine might be worth a dollar. It's like a virtual right? Beanie so that- Baby. That's right. So that's a non-fungible. So they're both beanie babies, but they have different value. So that's what non-fungible token is, meaning means that they have different value. And value is only how much somebody wants to pay for it, right? Like anything um, that collectors buy, that's the value that it has. You know, Jason, I really appreciate having you on the show, um, but I got to tell you, I hate this um, because what's going to stop us from just being like, I'm going to put a value on my pillow and that's going to be, we're going to exchange different Where you pillows. you create a or, virtual pillow. Yeah. How do you just create yep. something out of nothing and say this has value? <laughs> the big question. I mean, it only has as much value as somebody associates with it, right? If they say, you know, I would give 50 grand for Ryan's pillow then it's worth 50 grand, right? It's really like anything. It's the same thing, whether it's a stock 
or Bitcoin itself or anything. It only has as much value as people place on it, which is a really strange thing. But it is how all of these. So why should we care? Why should we care about this? Is this the, is this the new is this the new way we're going to be exchanging money or like should we be kind of being hip on this because we've seen Bitcoin take off we've seen people talking about the stock market yep. and all these things should we be looking into this as a serious thing? Definitely because it's a way that people exchange value right like if you have if you put value in um, in Bitcoin like a lot of people are because it it doesn't have to have a bank or a government backing it up and it still has as much value as people agree that there is to it then then that's why it, it is so revolutionary and this is as much the same think of it as transferring um artwork and collectibles and all of these things to the digital world that's the value of nft so for instance like uh, Lakers, they they've they're now trying to sell these digital things of LeBron James right now that people are buying on the site Top yep. Shot, mm. so people could own a piece of history basically. I'm not convinced right. yet. I'm really not convinced yet. And I don't know. Sell it. We'll so see. you're you're banking on the fact that right now it's worth X, and you could sell it for three years. It's virtual. You could sell it for Y. What's the difference? Can I just sell like used socks on the no, internet it's and not, get the same thing? It's it's all virtual. Oh, okay. This is not like eBay, but it's a virtual eBay. Does it does that <laughs> it make is. sense? And te- there is technology behind it. So oh. so I, I don't. We don't want to get too deep into the tech, but right. the tech that's behind it is really powerful, and it makes sure that there is a one of a kind version of this using cryptography the same thing that that uses blockchain so it makes it a one of a kind so your digital pillow is one of a kind nobody else has one exactly like that and that's why people want ryan's pillow as opposed to you know any you know virtual pillow as opposed to anybody else's crypto kitties of course is the most well-known version of that's NFC. started it yeah yeah and crypto kitties you know is People, it, it's unique artwork, and the people paid to own different versions of these crypto kitties. So Some of them work a lot. Some of them not work. Chad, I'm just trying to get regular money. I don't got time to worry about digital money. So thank you so much, Jason. <laughs> Jason Heiner, you're always great. Uh, Jason is the editorial director at CNET. Thanks again. Thank you. Coming up, a therapist is blowing minds by explaining how men can have sex with men and still be straight. Dr. Joe Court is with us. He's the one who went viral next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Do you know that straight men can have sex with men and not be gay? They can. My first few videos were about straight men having gay sex. And I'm getting activity again in comments that people don't understand that straight men can be attracted to the sex act, but not to the man. Okay, now that video on TikTok went viral. It blew people's minds away. A lot of folks had different things to say. Well, Dr. Joe Court, the voice behind it, leading expert on sex and relationships, joins us right now. Thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. So why do you think that your hot take was so controversial? I think it challenges patriarchy. I think people can't wrap around the fact uh, and and don't understand male sexuality. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. And I, I thought I, I I loved your video. And I often wonder what what the balance is of having these conversations, because I think it's interesting about the nuances of queer culture and understanding like there's oftentimes this fetishization of straight men um, that queer folks are often said like, oh, 
you know, the queer, of course the gay man is falling in love with the straight man type of thing. Do you feel like this idea of saying something like this could possibly play into that? Or was were you just kind of trying to explore the spectrum of sexuality? Well, the spectrum of sexuality, we have a sexual orientation, that's to whom we're attracted, and then we have an erotic orientation, and that's what gets us off, that's our fantasies. And honestly, I was shocked by all the gay men who were attacking me, because I, it's a thing in the gay male community, just like you said, that they're into straight men, and a lot of men just understand that some straight men are, are able to be sexual with us. And it's, I was shocked that they were so angry with me about this. That's interesting that, I mean, that's interesting that you had uh, members of the gay community that were mad at you instead of maybe sh- straight, were, what did any straight men think? Oh, I got them too. And I got straight women. And, wow, but, everyone. Um, really? Yes. And the thing that shocked me were the younger gay people. Hmm. LGBT, queer, younger generation is believes in all labels except for this one. That's well, how it seems. I think we're, here's the, I, I think I understand this because I think so often you get so trapped into that narrative of one this fetishizing or fantasizing over straight men. And to be quite honest, when you when you're thinking about it, cis het men, yes, there are plenty of those who are allies, but it just feels kind of dated to like lust after them in that way, right? And so I think a lot of people are encouraged of having a conversation about the spectrum of male sexuality or spe- uh, uh, sexuality in general. But it feels like how do you balance that, which I'll ask again, when it comes to uh, understanding that and not saying, well, you know, I'm fetishizing or uh, wanting to be with a straight man because that's toxic in a way. Well, I, I know politically, if we talk about identity politics, it's toxic, it's fetishizing, but you can't stop somebody from what their attractions are. And you can't stop a straight guy just because he's straight, just that he's interested in having sex with another man. I mean, we can, we can try to put all kinds of logic around it, but our sexual and erotic interests aren't logical. They're not political. Mm. That's interesting that you're separating sexual orientation from erotic orientation. Is this a new thing that you feel people will accept more in the future? Because... It identified, I mean, Dr. Chris, who works here, said you you have who you're relationally attracted with and then sexually attracted with. So I could want to be with, um, I'm attracted to women, but relationally, I wouldn't necessarily, I'm not, don't want to be with a woman relationally. So you're saying that the way you look at it is in that other way, which is interesting. Yes, well, as sex therapists, we understand there's a separate erotic orientation. So you may be a very person that... um, is very peaceful and and really pushes for peace in the world, but you have very violent fantasies. And that doesn't mean you're violent. It just means your erotic fantasies are, but who you really are, your values are are for peace. Wow, I think this is such an interesting conversation, and we know you have to go because I know you, you're, I mean, you're a working therapist, honey. You got clients and stuff, and you got something. <laughs> but maybe you can come back on to have a part two of this discussion because I, I really think it's important, and I, I love the side that you're coming from, um, and especially we need to have these conversations yeah, in the queer it's community. Very interesting. So thank you for yeah, joining thank us. thank you. I would love to come back. Yeah. I love talking about it. Well, that was Dr. Joe Court, a leading expert on sex and relationships. Go check out his uh, viral video on TikTok and I'm sure Instagram too. Three layers, Ryan. Relational, sexual, and erotic. Yeah, lots to wrap my head around. Now coming up on the show, would you pay $1,500 for a mystery flight? It's a real offer being made by this airline. More details next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so what would you do if an airline said, hey, pay us $1,500 and we'll put you on a mystery flight? Would you pay $1,500?
No. I, I'm we're in the middle of a pandemic. And oh, that's, um yep. she's still poor over here. If and, you did have money. Um, even if I did have money, that would be the last thing because I hate surprises. I thought we all knew this. In this room, I thought that we all true. knew that. That is true. Have surprises. you ever looked into that with your therapist? No, girl. You need to mind your business. <laughs> okay. I just don't like surprises. I think there's a lot of people out there. There's a community of us who do not like surprises, and I think it's okay. We should not be shamed or judged for it. The anti-surprise community on Facebook? Yes. Is there a group? Probably. <laughs> a support group? Yes. So, here you go. Australian airline Qantas announced that it's launching a mystery flight weekend adventures program for Flyers who want to be surprised by their destination. So tickets uh, are $737 for an all-inclusive seat in economy class. <laughs> really? Over $700 for economy, $1,500 to fly business. You're the traveler. Would you do this? I think I would do uh, I would do this once. Really? But what if it's like Kansas? No, well, this is going to be uh, from Sydney, Brisbane, and Melbourne. Fly to a domestic location. So you see, this the Australians are having fun with this. So they'll just... Dr- I mean, what if... I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's not likely... Yeah, what if you've already been there? You're like, oh, this is where I go for the Christmas or all the time with my family. Or if it's not even worth it. Yeah, what if it's just a place that is like, oh, yeah, we just randomly played this place, but you spent this money... That would I suck. wonder could they be sued if it's like a place that people aren't okay If they don't with. like it, yeah. that's kind of what they, you probably sign off somehow. Mm, Whether you like this or not, you're paying us. So uh, they're, they're also upon arrival at their surprise landing place, they're going to get further surprise. So talk about the anti-surprise club. You would hate this. With pre-organized <laughs> on-the-ground experiences ranging from winemaking, that sounds good, to musical entertainment. They will then reboard their plane and be flown back to their original airport. So you don't even stay there for that long. What? Clues will be offered ahead of time in the name of packing appropriate outing gear, too. So this is for uh, people that are having issues with what they're calling border blues down under because international travel is currently banned. So might as well do this mystery domestic experience. I mean, this just really shows me that other countries are just better than us. Having a bit more fun, right? Are better than us. Because they, yeah, they care about how their people are feeling. And they're doing it in innovative ways. Even though this still seems a little sketch. Because, honestly, this reminds me of sex trafficking for some reason. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, way to bring it ki- down. You're like, way to you're, make it you're awkward. kidnapping people and taking them to some mystery location. And they're paying you money. I don't know. It feels a little weird. Let us know what you think. At LGT Shows, where you can find us on social media. We want to hear from you. Coming up, do your research before you tweet. Twitter will now ban users for spreading coronavirus vaccine misinformation. Details next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hello, we are back and coming up in this hour. Again, usually... Wait, 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 wait. wait. Before you get into that, I think we were having a great conversation off air. Yeah, we were. About a friend Which is why I was like, came in a bit... Like, I was We were talking about the balance of... You know, talking and trying to educate someone and not giving up on them, but Mm -hmm. also knowing that, hey, some people are just brick walls. Oh, yeah. Boundaries when you're dealing with uh, problematic people. Mm -hmm. And I I do feel this this responsibility as a quote unquote ally and accomplice that if someone is reaching out wanting to know yet ignorant still, I'm not saying overnight they're going to become like understanding, unfortunately. But I I feel like there is a responsibility to at least give them the information they need if they are asking. Yeah, and I get that. And I think there's just, um, I'm happy there's people like you to do that. Well, yeah, because I don't expect uh, you're going to do it, obviously. And 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 unfortunately, this person probably doesn't have anyone who he's talking about 
of those experiences, which is also the issue. Uh, so. I just say to you, when you start to feel like it's just someone who is just a brick wall, because oh, yeah. we got to get into our show, mm-hmm. um, there's just there there has to be a moment where you also have to know like, hey, I'm not Mother Teresa over here totally. going to change the lives of everyone. Totally. And I was about to minds. do that, and I just started sending articles instead of actually waste like putting my energy in to explain. Yeah. The article thing is a very, by the way, if you're ever in this situation, Google great articles from obviously legitimate publishers. There's so many people that have written amazing stuff around this. Thing. Yeah, Google's free. Exactly. That's, a, that's the point. Send it over. Let them speak for you. And then like, it'll take a long time for these pe- folks to read this. Hopefully they read their article. And then before they bother you again. Yeah. Or then, of course, block them. That's another The more option. you know. Coming up on the show, <laughs> speaking of problematic people, why are QAnon believers obsessed with today, the 4th of March? Should we be worried? We'll explain that next. And what is the anniversary reaction? Experts are saying how we should deal with the intense realization that it's been a year since the beginning of the pandemic lockdown and how you can handle your own grief around that. That's also coming up this hour. I kind of like breaking the fourth wall sometimes, getting our people involved. Just telling them what's going on behind the scenes. But it's not really that different from what's happening on here. (laughs) Just a bit more less structured behind the scenes. True, very true. All right, let's get into some what's trending this hour. The Senate Energy Committee has advanced Deb Holland's nomination for Interior Secretary to the full Senate. Her confirmation will make history, if it happens, the start of Women's History Month because she is the first Native American cabinet secretary. How about that? It's Women's History Month, and more women's history has just been made. The Senate Energy Committee has favorably advanced Congresswoman Deb Holland's nomination as Secretary of the Interior. Her all-but-certain confirmation by the full Senate will make her the first Native American Cabinet Secretary. If an Indigenous woman from humble beginnings can be confirmed as Secretary of the Interior, our country holds promise for everyone. So there you go. And we are wishing her all the best because that is huge to have indigenous representation. Yeah. Actually, I saw um, a comment on that that I thought was really interesting. Someone uh, commented that I really want to quickly just read um, because someone said in uh, Mavis Matthew on Twitter said, personally, I think that having taken 245 years to appoint an indigenous person to this post is shameful and wrong. Taking 245 years to appoint a woman to this post is shameful and wrong. I'm hopeful that history will note that it was long overdue. Yeah, representation matters. This is really big. Now, Twitter has introduced a new strike system intended to combat coronavirus vaccine misinformation. Social platforms stepping it up under the new policy announced this week. Users who repeatedly spread harmful or misleading information on COVID-19 vaccines may soon find themselves permanently kicked out and suspended. So what happens is you'll get a few warning shots It's funny they're talking about vaccines and then it's a warning shot. Before you're booted off entirely, accounts that violate their COVID-19 policy will first be notified when action is taken against their account, giving them time to reconsider and change their misinformed ways. But if they don't, well, they'll be banned for good. So what do you think about this, Ryan? Uh, It'll take three strikes, by the way. And then a 12-hour account lock will be applied for each. The fourth strike is when it goes up to seven days. And the fifth strike means bye-bye. Oh, so I guess it's five strikes and you're out. 
Yeah, I, for me, I... Set the old ball game. Now she asked me my opinion and started singing. <laughs> no, I think I am... I like this, but I'm also kind of like, how many strikes can you continue to give people who continue to do the wrong thing? It's just annoying to me. And I would thought Twitter would have learned from that with Donald Trump, but, you know. Yep. Well, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Will Smith is speaking candidly about the racism he experienced. It's time for your T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So in a new interview on Pod Save America, uh, which also, by the way, if you like checking out podcasts, the Pod Save America is on radio.com, which is super cool. Um, Will Smith, he revealed this. Uh, he said, I've been called the N-word to my face probably five or six times. Are you kidding me? This is the Will Smith who says to his face he's been called the N-word. Um, but, you know, Will Smith, I don't know if you guys knew this, he um, he is exploring the 14th Amendment and the definition of citizens in the new Netflix series Amend, The Fight for America. He said that um, he is continuing, uh, he continues to navigate his career in Hollywood, um, but he started seeing the ideas of systemic racism. Mm. He also was asked about kind of this political segue that he's doing in his career because it does seem like he's kind of diving into more of that, uh, especially with hosting this new show. Um, he said, I absolutely have an opinion. I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. I believe in understanding between people and I believe in the possibility of harmony. I will certainly do my part, whether it remains artistic or at some point ventures in to the political arena. Girl, wait a second. Did yeah. Will Smith basically say That's he's running for president? When you said that, like, I didn't know that Will Smith was venturing into politics. He is. Check out that new, um, I've been kind of watching it. It's a new series, like I said, on Netflix called Amend, The Fight for America. It's really good. A lot of celebrities are in it. Good for him. That's your T-Report, y'all. Yeah. We'll see if we uh, Will Smith decides to run for governor or president one day. Well, he's cool. I mean, they'd make a cool family. I'm down for that. My thing is, all I want him to do is worry about playing President Obama in the biopic when it's ready. Ooh. Do you think that would happen? He's yeah. a bit too tall. No? President Obama is really tall is he, as well. Oh, yeah, you're right. Great. I could see that. Whatever. That's By your T-Report. I'm a degree separated from all these possible presidents. Mark Cuban, Will Smith, Honey, Ryan... We're going to the White House. When did you ever meet Will Smith? Uh, I actually know people who work for him. Oh, I'm a so degree you know separated. somebody's third cousin who I met who Jada Pinkett Smith. How so- about that? <laughs> How about that? We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yeah. Yes, Queen. It's Women's History Month, so let's highlight some awesome stuff that women are doing. Okay, let's do it. I, I mean, why not? This is the place to do it. Yep. What began as a small network of women restaurateurs in Chicago in July 2020 has exploded into a nationwide movement of 350 female restaurant owners dedicated to each other's success, which I just think is really awesome. It's called Let's Talk Women. They did include women with an X, but... Still, they mean well. And on International Women's Day, uh, they're cooking up a city's wide dinner to benefit women in the restaurant industry. Here's more about what they're up to. Let's Talk is an action-led movement of women business owners who own restaurants. And our goal is to help each other survive this crisis and to grow in the long term. Now, I think this is really awesome. It's important that women be there for each other. I've said this before uh, to you as, and I'm not in the restaurant business, but in in a business that is 
uh, very male dominated. Uh, women got to be there for each other and mentor each other. I have a hard time finding female mentors myself. Really? So I try to be there for other women as much as I can. So it's cool to see other women doing this within their industry. And speaking of the restaurant industry, it's just sucks when you hear the numbers. An esti- estimated 110,000 restaurants have closed for good. And according to the National Restaurant Association, about 2.4 million restaurant workers are currently unemployed. Wait, why do you think it's difficult for you to uh, find We should talk about that. That's a whole other women. conversation. I think it's a, so many layers, but that's actually a great conversation to have for Women's History Month. All right. Well, okay. Let's, let's do, do it. it. I thought that was really interesting that yep. you said that. A little tease. And also, if you didn't understand why Shira said the woman with the X thing, you should check out our conversation from yesterday because that, there's been a lot of conversation about spelling women with an X. Is it is it inclusive? Is it problematic? I mean, the choice is yours. There's a blog post on wearechannelq.com, um, so check that out because it's a really interesting conversation. Yep, and that does it for our show today. Yes, Queen. Now, tomorrow we are back on Channel Q Live 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific. That's 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Why openly gay is an offensive term. Plus, COVID tongue. Why new COVID-19 symptoms keep popping up. Mm. We are going there on tomorrow's show. Oh, I wonder if your tongue falls off. Uh, that's extreme once again. COVID tongue. But anything's you know. possible. Uh, if you miss any of our shows or interviews, yes, of course, go to WeAreChannelQ.com, go to the radio.com app, find Let's Go There, and subscribe to our podcast to catch up on everything. We are sending you love and light. And honey, watch out for that COVID tongue. Remember mm. and remember to slay, of course. And stick around for Live Line where Dr. Chris is covering toxic diets and gym culture. That's next.